Hey everyone, happy Wednesday morning. Welcome to day three of Living Like Marie Kondo. Um, I will say this week has been actually one of the most productive and full of discoveries for me so far out of all the ones we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I literally just finished my workout, hopped on mm -hmm. here. So I'm out of breath as fuck. But, oh, I'm happy you're having a good week. Yeah, I, um, I mean, yeah. I'm mostly doing the good morning apartment and then I'm trying to meditate daily. And then I, um, I've been trying to go through my shit to see what I can get rid of. And it's like loose leaf paper. Yeah. Well, I, I get that. I get it. Yeah. And some of Aaron's pastries. Cause not all of them. But some of them. Uh, do you just not have that much in your apartment in the first place? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. cause it's, I mean, it's an apartment. Uh, basically what we have is furniture and then, my PlayStation, which I'm not going to give away. Um, Aaron's Switch, which she's not going to give away. Yeah. Uh, I guess you don't. Have, you read mostly library books, so you don't have a ton of books either. I, I read exclusively on my you phone read on or the my app. Kindle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've I had been hoarding because I have I have hoarding problems. So I I've been hoarding things since childhood. Like I used to always have issues with that, um, and. So I was going through the clothes closet. I got rid of five. Oh, I cleaned my toilet. Oh, you cleaned the toilet? I cleaned my toilet. And I, oh. I'm, I, I'm cleaning the bathtub. I stopped because I wanted to work out before the stream. But yeah, so I'm cleaning. Nice job. Nice yeah. job. My girl comes twice, <laughs> twice a week <laughs> to watch me clean the toilet. Because like, so so Rachel gets off on having someone clean her shit. I get off on watching having someone watch me clean my shit. That sounds like you're a very good partner for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I got yesterday. I got rid of five full trash bags worth of clothes, which was actually it was six because one of them was it was five to donate and then one of trash like clothes that were They're completely ripped. torn up. Yeah, because I noticed I have a problem with like I keep my torn up clothes as like oh you know I can wear this when I don't have anything else and then I do wear them when I am putting off doing the laundry. But then I'm like, maybe I should just do the laundry. And maybe this will force me to do the It's like, I have to do the laundry or I have to be naked. Once I put myself in that position. So you're, you're going to be naked a lot more often is what you're saying. Which is totally fine. I love is being it, naked. You're free. But you know, you, yeah. you'll also acknowledge you can't be naked forever. And then you'll just do laundry more. Yes. Oh, I, I forgot. I did two more things. What else did you do? I finally called this. You all saw this on stream. I finally called maintenance and they, cause they had a ladder. So they were able to reach the black mold growing on our ceiling, which I have not been able to reach forever. And they cleared all that off. So now my apartment is completely mold free. So that's healthy and productive. And I dusted the ceiling fans, both of them. Amazing. All right. So we're getting it together. Like I, I, I got rid of two full trash bags worth of just trash that had been in my office without me even noticing. It had just been like under piles of stuff or under the desk. And then I you seem more energized. Yeah, I probably am more energized. So the problem I'm having though, is that because I was talking to you about this yesterday, I'm going to talk to everyone about this. I was trying to reflect on why I hate to clean so much. Like I'm the kind of person where I'm like, I, I don't mind cooking. I'll make a nice dinner. But the problem is that like, I would rather almost just eat, you know, a bag of Cheetos and not have a nice dinner rather than have to clean up a pot or pan after. Or like, I'm like, I hate doing laundry. I would literally rather wear an item of clothes that's been sitting on the floor with mold on it for months 
rather than do laundry. I'm like, why, why am I like this though? I was thinking about it and I realized that whenever I think about cleaning, <laughs> whenever I think about cleaning um, and I'm about to do it, my body starts anticipating pain. Like I start feeling like I'm about to be in pain. And I realize you like tense up. Yeah. Well, I realize it's because cleaning gives me back pain. Like I have back pain already from scoliosis and from my huge boobs combined. Right. I've su suffered with back pain my whole life. I've been to physical therapy, which actually helped a lot. But the fact is that like when I go to clean, I start to get like, oh, God, my back is about to be in huge pain again. And especially yesterday where I was putting away so many clothes, folding so many clothes and putting them away, going through everything. My back was killing me. Like I had, I, once I, when I fell asleep, I had taken some painkillers. I had to keep taking breaks every like 10 minutes just because I was in so much pain. So I don't know why I never realized before, but like the reason that I hate cleaning is that I always like, no matter what the task is, my body just associates it with pain because when I have to do a lot of cleaning, it, physically hurts me so guys i the, the problem all along is not that i'm a disgusting person it's that i have a physical illness so has cleaning been therapeutic in a way i mean my back still hurts today from it and i don't like that well i didn't mean physical therapy <laughs> yeah um it, mentally yeah i would say i definitely feel like the the bedroom's a lot more organized now and I, I just want to get to a point where it's more sustainable. And also, I was so excited yesterday because I realized that now I can also give that as another reason to an orthopedist that getting my breast reduction is medically necessary. I'm like, dude, I can't clean. Like, I live in filth because my back hurts so bad. Which creates a whole slew of new medical issues that you could, like, I mean, you're almost arguing yeah. this is preventative measures. Exactly. So I just feel like, just because, like, a lot of doctors that I've talked to, like, they just really like to have like surgery is the is the last option, right? It's like I'll try everything else before surgery. I'm like, I get it, but in this case, like I need it. And I feel like now I have like a, a specific thing where I'm like, this is medically necessary because I have a low quality of life because I I am scared to clean. I cannot clean because it hurts my back so much. And I don't know why I didn't realize that all my hatred of cleaning is tied to that. It seems very incredibly obvious now. Well, I mean, it feels like everything in your life is tied back to your boobs in some way. <laughs> no, it's not my boobs. It's my, it's my scoliosis. You're right. Everything's space. tied back to your... You know what? But I think that's... I, I, I mean, I read that, you know, the, the way your body feels is directly tied to the health of your spine. I don't know how accurate that is, that, but that it sounds true. That might be true. true. That might be true. I mean, the spine holds the whole rest of the body up. So that makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. So that was my big, like, huge epiphany about myself yesterday was that I was like, the reason I'm so gross is that I'm just like, I, I have physical problems with cleaning. And I would love to get over that. So I'm just gonna, once I pursue some more physical measures for that, I'm sorry, my back is still like, I need to like, pop it. Oof. I hope you get to. I mean... Is that, I mean, so you've had some fantastic breakthroughs. Uh, Kat Benson shared the most intense morning routine I've ever heard with us on social media. Uh, also, shout out to, I, I don't want to say real name because they, they messaged me in private DM saying they don't want their real name online because of where they work. But uh, they private messaged us on Instagram to let us know that their account is private. 
Um, but they watch our show, they follow us. So y'all, if y'all have private Instagram accounts and you're wondering why we didn't follow you back, it's because every time we get a new follow on our Instagram account, I check and see who they're following and who's following them. And if they seem like they're in this community, I'll follow them back. If they're not, I usually don't. And if they're private, I wait for a DM to say, hey, just so you know, I'm a fan of your show and then I'll follow them back. So we don't want to do like follow for follow and just have like thousands of non-engaging followers, you know? Exactly, which is why I saw. Which is why I'm always looking to make sure that they're people who are actively engaged with, yeah, with not us just, or the yeah. people around us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kitty and says, "I'm loving this week. I deep cleaned half of yesterday, filled five bags of clothes to donate, and reorganized my crafting closet. I bought some storage bins to finish organizing today." Yes, Kitty, amazing. I'm glad this has been such a productive week for people. Maybe we should extend Marie Kondo and make it Marie Kondo month. <laughs> Honestly, I, I would. I know I'm not going to finish it all this week, but I'm like, I would continue this. It's, I mean, I, I'm happy. It seems like everyone is having a fantastic, maybe we should, uh, maybe we should have a watch party for her show. You should. Absolutely. I wanted to see if I could find a video of her doing a folding tutorial. Cause I got to the point in the book today where she was talking about how to fold things. Would anyone in the chat be interested in a watch party for her show? We could probably, will we do that on zoom? We could probably do it on Zoom. We could probably do it on Discord. Um, not that we have a Discord, and I don't. I don't want to start a Discord for this, just because um, the more accounts that you have for people to follow, the less likely they are to engage in your other yeah. ones. And I and we I think we have three very specific ones for three three very specific reasons right now. Yeah. Okay. So Ileana says good morning to look in the cover reveal and the vaccine. Yes. Yes. So y'all, exciting announcement, right? Just quick promo before we go into everything else we have three people who want to watch too who want to have a watch party oh fantastic absolutely y'all today my novel cover is revealing the cover of 90s kids is going to be going public in three hours at 11 a.m central i have a video premiere going up for this so set your reminder here if you my dude I'm not even exaggerating. This book cover is so good. This is going to be the coolest book cover anyone has ever seen. I know I'm hyping it up a lot, but it legitimately is that cool. I want to break your heart real quick and talk about how on Twitter yesterday, there was a trending topic. Uh, Back to the Future was trending. And it was because there was one of those uh, picks three that have to go. And it's all of these different franchises. And Back to the Future was like one of the most popular ones voted off the island. Really? Yeah. Huh. It, well, it was going. Well, here's the thing: I don't, I can't base my happiness on Twitter trends, dude, because then I'd be in a state of sadness all the time. Fair enough, but I just wanted to bring that one up to get a reaction from you because I know Back to the Future was such a important, actually, funnily, funnily enough, funny enough, funnily, f enough. Uh, Aaron's brother's all-time favorite franchise is Back to the Future as well. Mm-hmm. It's a great franchise, dude, and I mean, it influenced a lot of this book. So for the people out there who really like Back to the Future. 90s you have an audience. It's basically lesbian Back to the Future. So if you like Back to the Future and relationships with two girls, then you'll love this book. If you love lesbians and Back to the Future, <laughs> yeah. basically, basically, yes. I love. So you're getting your vaccine today. I am, guys. Okay, I'm so y'all set this reminder. Yes, I'm getting the vaccine today. I cannot wait. Um, so yeah, guys, I'm going to Indiana to get my vaccine. Um, I'm going to leave right after the video premiere, actually, right after the, my video premiere of my cover reveal, I'm going, my friend is taking us on a little road trip to Indiana. 
we're all going to get our vaccines together. That's exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. I watched uh, Walter Isaacson gave a lecture on his newest book, The Code Breaker. I still haven't read it yet. I really want to. And it's on um, a woman who just won the Nobel Prize last year. Let me double check her name. It's like uh, Joan Dunda or... Uh, I'm just, I'm just double checking her name, Je Jennifer Dud Dudna. And uh, it's all about how she broke into, bio like she, she broke into the world of science, biology, chemistry. Uh, I think she's a chemist. And since DNA was such a male dominated um, sector, she wasn't able to break into that. So she had to focus her studies on RNA, which uh, turned out to be, yep, Brianna knows all about it. I'm sure plenty of people in the chat are gonna know more about her than me because I have not read this book. Um, and my introduction to her was last night's lecture. So. Uh, forgive me if I totally fucked this up, but he was basically talking about how these breakthroughs in RNA research are turning biology and biochemistry into like the new tech boom. Uh, oh yeah, you were telling me all about this last night. It sounded fascinating. It's insane. It's fucking insane. So she, well, not just her. So basically with this COVID vaccine, I, I didn't realize just how groundbreaking it was. It's the first ever mRNA vaccine ever that's now being used widespread. And uh, what they essentially did was they created a synthetic protein that matched the body of, a co of COVID to train our bodies to fight it. So whenever they see that spike protein, they, they now are, it's now trained to say, go kill it. And the same technology is being used for gene editing. And basically, while you can't cure everything or even enhance things, like we're not necessarily going to start changing our eye color, though, I guess Putin did come out and say that he's going to start using gene editing to create super soldiers. So we do have the apocalypse to look forward to in the future. Um, we can use it for rather simple genetic disorders that are like you're missing one gene or you have one too many or something like that. We can just remove or add as necessary. And it's already being used to cure things like sickle cell or genetic blindness or even some forms of cancer. And I just think it's so fucking fascinating. That's amazing. I definitely need to watch that because that sounds really interesting. I don't know if you'll be able to watch that one because that was a paid event for a public library in Philly, oh, but I'm sure I'm sure you'll you. be able to find like similar lectures online. And it sounds like Brianna knows all about it. So I would just ask her to hook you up with some videos and lectures to watch. I can definitely do also, that. Also, congratulations, Brianna. Oh, Brianna's getting her degree in three weeks. Congratulations. That's awesome, dude. That's so exciting. Well, uh, we'll have a graduation party for you. So yeah, today is vaccine number one day. I don't know if it's going to knock me out. So I'm, I haven't planned to do anything important tomorrow. Um, I ha I mean, I normally film my videos for the next week on Thursday, but I won't do that if I am so exhausted. I'll film your videos. I appreciate that. I'll film your videos and I'll run the stream. Everyone will be like, wait a minute, who's this dude talking about yeah. Rachel Hollis? <laughs> I'll give you a stream. I'll give you a stream login for the account. I think for StreamYard, what it'll do is like, I'll try to, I'll sign in and it, or you will sign in with my email address and then it'll give you, it'll send me a code to verify and then I'll just send you the code so you can enter it. And then, um, then you can be logged in for tomorrow just in case I fall asleep and don't wake up for the stream. Fantastic. I'm excited to run the stream tomorrow, to take the lead, to dominate the conversation, and to run Savvy's channel. Because once I have the code, I am going to be releasing a slew of Rachel Hollis content for Savvy to get those numbers up. Get those numbers up. Well, yeah, I'm trying to, um, I'm talking to people 
other people about other things for this because people keep wanting me to do more video. I feel like I'm living in cancel Sean Boston right now where like I had a video blow up and now everyone just wants me to talk about Rachel Hollis. It's kind of like the character Lindsay in cancel Sean Boston whose video about Sean Boston blows up and then that's all anyone ever wants to see from her anymore. Isn't that beautiful that you're that you're living the fiction? I'm living the 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 fictional novel I'll, that we're writing. You're living the fictional it's, novel that we're writing. Life and and fiction comes together. It's life imitates art and art imitates life. That's what's going on with us. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a beautiful thing, Savvy. And if anyone deserves to, to blow up, it's you. And oh, I, mean I appreciate that. that. You mean Fish. that literally? If I no. were to swallow some dynamite and explode like that, I would deserve. That. Nope. Don't mean it that way. It meant it in a good way. <laughs> okay. But how are you doing with your back right there? Not, I mean, not great. Just stretching it out. <sighs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm. A, I, I want to talk Marie Kondo, but my mind is still just on last night's lecture. So I, I, I just think to myself, like Marie Kondo. I, <laughs> I appreciate you. It sounds like everyone loves you. Kat Benson actually sent me a really funny. Um, intense morning routine on our oh, social yeah? media. That's what I was going to talk about. Yeah, yeah let's talk about that. It's this woman who says that she wakes up at four o'clock every morning. So once again, it's equating waking up early to success. Right. Um, and she dedicates the first three hours of her day to herself. She, sure off, she says she doesn't welcome any outside stimulus. And for, it's like, I just want to say, a lot of this sounds appealing. It just also sounds like something that not everyone can do. Oh, definitely. Not even, not, not, not even just out of laziness. I just mean like physically can't. Like, but yeah. so, she, so she, she dedicates the first three hours of her day from four o'clock to seven o'clock to herself. So that includes, I think she said 30 minutes of meditation. Uh, she reads all of her nonfiction articles, newspaper articles, which I think counts as outside stimuli to begin with. Yeah. And then, and then she works out for an hour. And then she says, when she does that, she can move on with her day because she has nourished herself, her, her mind, her body, and her spirit for the first three hours of the day. And I posted this in our Reddit if y'all want to take a look at it. Um, she nourished her body, her mind, her body, and her soul for the first three hours of the day. And now she can fully dedicate herself to everyone else for the rest of the day. And I was just like, okay, that, that's nice. But if, if, I, like, if I told this to my brother, who has two kids right now, I would be telling him, First off, they're both babies, so he has to wake up at four o'clock in the morning anyway to take to take care. Well, one's a baby, one's one's a toddler. He'd have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning every day anyway right. to take care of them. He can't yeah. just tell them to stop crying. Um, <laughs> and it's also sort of an assumption saying that no one else in your house is going to be awake by seven because seven's a rather reasonable hour to wake up. Right. Yeah. Oh, Kat says she's an entrepreneur guru on TikTok. What's this woman's name? I shared her on Reddit. Let me pull that up on Reddit because I'm actually fascinated by this. I'm like, should we try to live this? I gave Kat Ben. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I could. We, I mean, I we we probably could, but like, should we? Would it be good? Would it be good? Would it be good? I mean, the thing is, how how popular is she? I feel like we could if we did it on TikTok. Because this woman seem is she more popular on TikTok than anywhere else? She has forty two point seven thousand followers on TikTok. Okay. It's gracefully have... underscore live. Let's see if she has a, an Instagram. Let's. Because let I'm not I'm gonna, gonna lie, four, forty-seven thousand is not big enough for me to want to do that. Yeah. To to live on that intense of a morning routine, yeah. 
Um, hold up. I'm going to pull it up on TikTok and we're going to take a look. Uh, yeah, she has a, she has an Instagram too with 636 followers. Oh, wait, so she might not be, one. she might not be big enough to kill ourselves for. Yeah. She has a night routine too. So how much of her day is a routine and like a, a, an intense routine? And don't get me wrong. Everything she's saying doesn't sound unhealthy either. I've been doing my morning routine for years, and it, along with my daily night routine, has been the foundation for everything I've been able to accomplish. The most important thing about my morning routine, which takes about three hours total, is that no one else is allowed in it. No voices, no external energy, which means no calls, no texting or emails, no listening to voices from TV, radio, or podcasts. It is a time and space occupied only by me. I get up between 4.30 and 5 a.m. every day. After splashing water on my face to wake up, the first thing I do is meditate for 30 minutes so that I align myself to my purpose and intention. If I meditate I waking up that early, I'd fall asleep. I'd fall asleep. Yeah. And then I catch up on all the interesting articles I've saved. And I work out for an hour, grab coffee or a smoothie, take a shower, and get ready for the day. Only when I start work at 8 a.m. do I allow external stimuli to enter my space. Because I've spent the first three hours of my day working solely on myself, I'm then able to fully give to others because I've already nourished my mind, body, and soul. So... Just to put this in perspective too, why I personally can't do this. If, if we were to start, if I weren't doing this at 8 a.m. with you, uh, I'd be taking phone calls as early as 7.30 a.m. because mm -hmm. stock markets, I have to get ready for opening bell research and shit like that for clients. Right. Um, so I have to do that before hopping on the stream. Um, and then I also have to have to work out because if I don't work out first thing in the morning, I don't do it later in the day because I come up with every excuse imaginable. So mm -hmm. under like if, if I were to try and do everything she just said, I would fall behind on literally everything for the day and be unprepared for my first meeting. And that's just me personally. And that's say and that's not even saying like that's out of laziness. Sorry to cut in and keep going with this energy. No, keep going. That's not out of laziness. That's out of client response. I'm not going to tell clients. I mean, for example, when you work with someone's money they 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 care a lot they, oh, they yeah. people care more about their money than their kids like <laughs> like they'll trust a stranger to watch their five-year-old in a supermarket before they trust a stranger to watch a hundred thousand dollars that's probably true so you can't just say hey shut up i'm busy right now i can't talk to you and you can't say that politely either um so i just could not follow that and it's not because I'm lazy or it's not even because I don't even, I like to think that I have my life somewhat in order. It's just because it's not possible. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Not every, like, not every morning routine is possible or accessible to everyone. And that's why, like, that's why I got so mad at Rachel Hollis on TikTok. She was going off being like, this is, I'm successful because I choose to wake up at 4am. I'm successful because I choose to do all this. It's like, you know, your life circumstances are not everybody's life circumstances. And it's just one of those things where it's like making those choices doesn't work in everyone's career field. It doesn't work in everyone's family situation. Like, it's just like, it seems very just self-centered to, to act like I only, only I do things the right way. Now, that being said, she didn't necessarily say that uh, everyone should do this in that video. Mm. She was just saying what works for her. Sure. Um, and if that works for her, that's great. And if someone Absolutely. else doesn't, it works for them. That's fantastic. I was operating under the assumption because she is a guru that she's telling everyone to build, to, to use that foundation, to build a life, to follow her advice. And then eventually as she grows this audience, uh, she's, she's going to start selling shit to them. 
a three-hour morning routine, I would not. Like, when we did Rachel Hall this week, she basically had a three-hour morning routine that we followed, which was, like, wake up at five, um, journal. And our day goals. was fucked after it. We yeah. did not have a productive week whatsoever. No, I was falling asleep in the middle of the day against my will. I was, like, needing to take a nap. And I was, like, I could have gotten so much work done if I didn't have to spend the first three hours doing all of this other stuff that isn't related to my work. I'm like, do, do you really do this all every morning? Does this really help you with your work? The one reason I, I should tell people that the one reason I would tell people to follow that routine that we did the first week is because it made waking up at six feel so easy. And I have woken up at six every day since with ease. That's good. To, I mean, I still struggle to wake up early, but this stream is this like, I've learned that this stream motivates me out of bed because I love doing the stream so much. So in the past, before we started this this uh, show at all, I would wake up at 10, 11, noon, I, or sometimes like if I had a meeting earlier in the day, obviously I'd wake up for the meeting, but that would be a struggle. It'd be a struggle to get out of bed for a 9 a.m. meeting or something. So I've had to kind of like now, you know, getting out of bed before the stream, sometimes it's still a little difficult, but I'm now used to doing something active with an audience at 8 a.m. every day. And I like that. I know, like, if you like two months ago, I would have been like, oh no, there's no way I could do that. I sleep too much for that. But no, I'm glad we're doing this. Yeah, now it's relatively easy. Also, I agree with you, Sharma. I mean, taking care of yourself. Like, the, the, the hot topic amongst uh, billionaires right now is getting eight hours of sleep. I mean, Jeff Bate, first off, shout out Ariana Huffington. She was one of the first people to talk about this. Mm -hmm. um, to talk about the, like the importance of 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 getting enough sleep to talk about the importance of unplugging from this virtual reality and this digital reality that we live in uh putting your phone away and getting your full night's sleep and, and focusing on sleep health uh so good for you ariana um and but now it's the hot topic amongst all all billionaires that you need to get your eight hours of sleep and if you have kids or just don't have the means of waking up early and you have to be a bit of a night owl, then there's nothing wrong with sleeping until till nine. That shouldn't be shamed. You got to get your eight hours. Absolutely. I think, yeah, I often need more than eight hours of sleep. I'm, I will say that I've gotten about eight hours whenever we do this stream because I just can't, like, I cannot really get to bed before 11. I'm just never done with my stuff before then. I, mean, I think the focus should have... I don't like that the focus is on productivity and not health because if you're, let's just say hypothetically, you're following these goals of productivity and you become a billionaire and then you die. What was the point? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to die. <laughs> so, so I don't like the fact that the focus for maximizing your life has been like, it's, it's, it's like money over heartbeat rate or something like that. Like, um, and I'm saying like a lot right now, but, um, now I'm saying, but, um, I'm, I went from like to, but, um, let me just take a deep breath and, and realign myself here. I don't like that what we define success as is more money than your neighbor. Uh, I, I think personal growth should start with health, uh, longevity, because yeah. that directly feeds into everything else. Health, I, I would like to argue that a healthier person is just naturally going to have be more productive, not necessarily put more energy into it. But if I just put things on a scale of one to 10, it's a lot, they'll get more done at a five than someone who is not healthy at a five. Now that person who's not healthy might be operating at an eight every day in order to get ahead. But that's also eating into 
their health. So I would argue that just having that baseline health and focusing on that will improve the other aspects of your life. I'm also coming at this from a relatively ignorant point of perspective. I'm just judging the guru's habits that we've been living and basing our life on. But I think that you're having such a productive week because you're focusing on something so healthy and it's improving every other aspect of your life. It's not improving my back. My back is so sore. But it had it helped you get a breakthrough to, to get you to a better place where you yes. can push your back. Yes. Now I need to, yeah, I need to talk to doctors about this. This is gonna, this is the thing. Cause like, I, I definitely realized that I have put off health in favor of productivity a lot of times where like, I'm like, I know I need to go to the doctor. I know, but I'm like, I get so focused on work that I don't, I don't take the time to, you know, be like, okay, now I need to call doctors today. Now I need to make appointments for myself. I'll just like, neglect to do it because I'm like I can do that after I get all of this work done but the work doesn't actually ever end because I'm have a million projects and goals that I'm working on so I gotta prioritize health a little more and I think this week has been helpful for that because there have definitely been times where I had like other projects or things I wanted to work on but I was like nope for the next 10 minutes or next hour or whatever I'm gonna just organize the closet I'm gonna pull things out and give things away and I cleaned on the stream in the office a little bit. So it's just been nice. Like I'm definitely not living in a perfectly clean space yet, but I've uh, made a lot of progress, which is nice. I actually got more out of seven habits of highly effective people than I thought I would. Um, oh yeah. And it's just sort of feeding into what we were just talking about there because he talked about the importance of prioritizing the relationships and, and, get, and finding the base of these connections um, in, in order to find a solution. Uh, one of the things he talked about was the, this whole conversation of productivity versus health. And health means more than just physical health. It could mean like sure. health of relationships as well. And, yeah. he, and I think one of the examples he gave was, <laughs> wait, it, it, actually, it may, this may have been um, essentialism as well. I might be mixing them up. All of my self-help books are, I read either are of blending these together. Oh, yeah. But he talked about how he... His wife was his wife was going into labor and he took a meeting for work and it, so this was definitely essentials now that i'm saying it out loud because it's talking about the importance of saying no his wife was going into labor and he took a meeting and he's just remembers now saying how much regret he had because the meeting wasn't even that important he just thought it was he thought he thought saying yes and for to everything was important to get ahead and work um and that's when he realized that you're going to regret those meetings a lot more than you're going to regret building those fam family relationships or identifying what's important to you and building that. Dude, imagine if his wife had taken a meeting while she was going into labor. She's Some like, I do can't, that. Do, you, do people actually do that? Like, she's <laughs> like, I can't say no to this meeting. And she's like in the hospital giving birth and is also on the phone. Let me preface that. Some people do that on television <laughs> in shows. Cause I have seen that. In shows. I think people do it in real life sometimes. Like really like, like, and then people use it as an example of like, can you believe that, this person works this hard. This is a problem with capitalism. Yeah, which brings us back to, I was actually really happy that Forbes published something on UBI because I, I Forbes Oh, is such, they did, that's good to know. Because yeah. Forbes has such a conservative, yeah, okay, Hope Browns and that's essentialism, yeah. I, 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 I was a fan of that book. I will say Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, I did. I still got more out of it than I thought I would, especially from that last, that last chapter because I've applied a lot of that last chapter to my relationship with Savvy on the importance of, of building off of the momentum that you have with someone else instead of yeah. trying to focus on on your way. Uh, which also, it's funny how all these books tie in really well together. Like what I love about the 
Atomic Habits book, which I, is basically my Bible at this point, I swear by it constantly, is that it talks about the when it, when it comes to discipline, it's not who has the most willpower, it's who's designed their life better. Uh, so it, it, it's more along the lines of, he doesn't say he's a disciplined person, he says he's incredibly efficient at being lazy. <laughs> because he just made all of the important things in his life the path of least resistance. I think that that's, at the end of the day, I think that that's kind of what Marie Kondo is getting at too, but just from a different perspective. The idea that she's saying, like, even if you are a, a, a messy person or you are a person who doesn't like to clean, the goal of this is to do, like, one big cleaning event in your life that um, eliminates and organizes things in your house in a way that it is natural for you to put them back there or it is natural for you to keep it clean in this way, even if cleaning things is not something you are inclined to do. So I appreciated that. I'm trying to get to that point now. Um, have you, have you got, where, have you gotten anywhere in her book yet? I started the new Walter Isaacson book. No, I was <laughs> doing Marie Kondo's book because we got stay on track. I will, I will, I will. I, will. I got, I had to read Tim Ferriss's hot mess last week. You got I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll, I, you know what? I'm going to start it right now on this stream. How's that sound? Okay. <laughs> no, um, I'll finish it today. It's a short book. I mean, her, her book is short. Like yeah. I'm, I'm most of the way through it now. Um, but she had the section, she was talking about, um, clothes, like folding clothes. Right. So I, I feel like, you know, I've been getting through. through I got her book. I got it. I got oh, the first step. Yeah. That's the first step. Absolutely. It's on my Libby shelf. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. So she talks about, um, you know, I, it's like the things a lot of people know, right? You go, you go through all the items in your house, you look at each one and touch it individually, and you see, you try to feel it if there's a spark of joy with it. And if there isn't, then you get rid of it. And if there is, then you keep it. And Queen of Spades talking shit. Fuck her. Um, <laughs> I almost said fuck face, but that felt a little too harsh. Sorry to cut you off, Sam. Um, thing is fucking right. Canadians. So she, um, but I was talking to Tyler about this last night while we were putting our clothes away. And he was like, well, none of my clothes spark joy. I just need them to wear. And I was like, well, according to the book, then in that case, you should get rid of them and only get clothes that spark joy. And he was basically like items that serve a function in my life, though, don't spark joy. He's like, would Marie Kondo say a dishwasher sparks joy? And I'm like, yeah, she would, because she wakes up every day. And says hello to her house and says hello to the items in her house and thanks them for what they're doing in her life. So I'm like, maybe she just maybe she's just a different kind of person from you. Like at that point, like I think she is very like into treating the objects like they are sentient. Because she keeps talking about like you can't fold your socks this way because your socks need to relax. And if your socks are folded this way, they won't relax. And if they don't relax, then they will have bad energy on your feet. There is a bit of a cultural divide between your husband and this middle-aged Japanese woman. Yeah, I know a lot of what she's talking about comes from <laughs> Japanese culture, which I don't know a ton about. So I'm, but I think that her methods are very effective, and I appreciate. I really do like her book. I would recommend this book because like, it. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Were you saying? I was gonna say like I'm sorry. The the. the... <laughs> Just based on Japan specifically, I fucking hate this. Conservatives are like, Japan didn't put in harsh lockdown uh, methods and look at their COVID numbers versus ours. It proves that lockdowns are bullshit. I'm like, yeah, but Japanese culture also respects wearing masks and social distancing. 
It's just a different culture. It's just yeah. a completely different culture. Yeah, you can't compare. It's not a. It's not a one to one comparison there. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say. Um, I like her book. I like this book a lot. I think that this is a good book because it it has a lot of specific advice. And this is the thing I talk about a lot. I have a problems with almost every self help book because the advice I find to never be specific or enough, or even if it is specific, I still find it to be like it's not immediately actionable. It's like a thing where it's like, you have to remember this concept over time, or you have to implement this concept frequently. Like, this book is like, here's how I organize my house. I start with the clothes, then I do the books, then I do the miscellaneous items, then I do papers and letters. And like when I do the clothes, I start with clothes that are off season, then I move to clothes that are in season. And here's what I do with each item. And I'm like, oh, cool. So I can just, I can just know like literally exactly what you do and I can follow it step by step. And she doesn't waste a ton of time. I mean, she talks about vague concepts, but she only talks about concepts in context of how, of what she's physically doing with the, with the items. So I've just, I'm finding this book very helpful. And it's nice because I, I mean, it's, it's kind of what I personally needed because I am a, a person who hoards things. I've had a big problem with this. And I, I, I've just found this book really useful for, for me. And especially because I'm a person who collects a lot of things. Tyler collects a lot of things. Our home is like very... A museum. Yeah, it's kind of like a museum, basically, which is cool. I like that. But And so I don't have any intention of living a minimalist life ever. But I definitely think that I have too many things that are all over the place. And I can definitely eliminate some of what I have, especially when it comes to clothes, especially like because I had I, I um, 10, five to 10 years ago, I was very skinny and I was very in shape for a while. And a lot of those clothes just do not fit me anymore. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, but they'll fit me when I'm in shape again. But I'm also like, I'm never going to be that skinny again. I know that for a fact because it wasn't healthy. So. I have to like get rid of those things. I'm like, oh, but I like this. I'm like, but I can't wear it. Like, I literally can't wear it. So it's been a lot of that where I have to get rid of a bunch of things. Um, it's just, it's been helpful. It's been helpful because I've, and I also have been making goals where I'm like, I cannot keep clothes beyond what fits in this, th these drawers in this closet. Because before I had filled up, like we have like a, a, a bedroom closet with a sliding door with like, you know, the rod to hang up clothes. We have one of those. So it's like, I have half and Tyler has half of it. And I would fill up my half completely, plus fill up the entire dresser of drawers, plus the bookshelf in the bedroom doesn't have any books on it. I had just piled it all up with the excess clothes that did not fit in the dresser or the closet. And it was just such a mess. And then I was getting to the point where it wouldn't fit on the bookshelf either. So it was just on the floor. And I was like, I cannot do this because then I never do the laundry because I'm like, why would I do the laundry when the there's just so many clothes around me? Yeah. And it sounds like it's been a really, I don't know, uh, driving force for you. I'm, ha I'm, I'm really happy that you were able to find her. I'm really happy that this stream led you to her. Yeah. Also, I want to watch this video because today I got to the section in the book where she talked about the proper ways to fold things. And I'm sure I'm not doing it right. So I want to learn. Oh, wait, I didn't share audio. I want to learn from this how she folds things because I, I like she talked, she described it in the audiobook, but I want to see it visually. Would it be offensive if I take this as an opportunity to get coffee? Absolutely not. Go get coffee. If you need coffee, get your coffee, man. All right, guys, we're going to look at how Marie Kondo teach, teaches us how to fold clothes because 
Yeah, here's sometimes the problem. I'll listen to like 30 minutes of her book while I'm walking Chewy in the morning and then I'll try to implement it. But then inevitably the next day she will say something that <laughs> goes against what I did that morning. So like the first morning I cleaned up stuff in my office and cleaned up trash and stuff. And then the next, then like after that I was listening and she was like, start with clothes. And I was like, oh, I didn't start with clothes. So then yesterday I was starting with clothes and I got so much done. And then today I was listening and she's like, here's how to fold. And I was like, oh, I folded them all wrong, but that's okay because I'm gonna have to, you know, do the laundry and put them back eventually. So I should learn this folding method. Um, Hope said, or wait, where's Hope? Hope says, Savvy, I had the same with my clothes because my weight moves around a lot. When I did the method, I found it helped with my mood because now I don't feel bad. I've noticed that too. Okay, feeling bad looking at clothes that don't fit. That is a thing that I've had with that. It's like subconscious where I'm like, oh, I like these clothes. And then I'm like, I know it doesn't fit though. And then I feel bad because I'm like, there's this item that I like, but I can't wear. And then I'm like, I'll wear it when I lose weight. And I'm like, well, that's not anytime soon. And like, it's not like such a unique item that I couldn't get something similar to it again in the future if I do lose the weight, you know? So it's like a thing where I'm like, if I wanna, I'd ideally like to have only the clothes that I really like. And I have a lot of clothes that I really like that spark joy, right? Because I'm really, I, I'm really into different types of clothes and fun outfits and things like that. So yeah. Uh, but let's look at how to fold. Let's look at how to fold. Oh, yeah. Okay. This was another thing she was talking about. I don't have a dresser, so everything has to be hung up. Kind of hard to keep it organized that way. Yeah. She was talking about how when you fold things, it's easier to keep them organized because of how they, how you can organize it in the drawers and stuff like that. So I think I'm also going to get like a closet organizer because I have space to hang up some clothes in the closet, but then I also want to have like racks and drawers underneath it so that I can organize things better in there. We're also working on redoing parts of our house right now. Um, so this, this is just like a good time to have this happen because Tyler and I had just like changed, switched. We had just moved two couches in our house the other week and we had just been like working on making the living room better. So this was a good week for this because we're just doing a bunch of home improvement stuff at once. All right, let's see how to fold our clothes. Now, I am going to demonstrate how to fold clothes. The key point here is to feel the piece of clothing with your hand. Feel it with your hands. She seems very happy all the time. I like that. I, another thing I've noticed is that I think I need to use a table when I fold clothes. Because in the past, I just dump them on the bed and fold them on the bed. But then I have to lean down too far on the bed, and that gives me more back pain. So I think I need to start doing things on a table like this. I think a, firm sur a firmer surface would help, too. Absolutely. Because you can really spread it out, yeah. Your palms. So you spread it out, you smooth it out with your palms. It's very important to have this sort in mind while you fold your clothes. Folding clothes is not about making it compact, but it is about love to communicate your affection. It seems like it's going to take a really long time. It's also a demonstration. Yeah, so I guess once you get used to it, it'll go a lot faster. Oh, Kimberly says she uses this technique and it makes a huge difference. Then fold it in half. And then fold into a third. When a piece of clothing is folded correctly, it will. Oh, it can stand up on its own. This is what she was saying in the book. 
And in my mind, I was visualizing, oh, okay, if my clothes can stand up on their own, that means that they're standing up because they're squished next to the other clothes in the dresser enough to make them stand up. But no, it can literally stand up by itself. That's amazing. Is anyone else getting ASMR tangles from her folding? <laughs> is it's it just the, the smoothing the fabric. <laughs> like, seriously, it's like I'm getting spine tangles from her <laughs> I love it. I love it. Wait, Queen of Spain, you were folding like this all along? That's amazing. <laughs> I fold clothes like this. <laughs> yeah. Other pieces of clothing in the same way. Oh, it can stand up on its own. That's amazing. For a camisole, once again, get a feel for the piece. Stroke it with your hands. I guess also the, the more I stroke the fabric, if the fabric starts the to feel tray. bad on my hands, I'll be like, this doesn't spark joy, and then I'll throw it away. The key point with camisole is to include the straps as part of its length and fold almost in half. I agree. She does seem very happy. She seems so happy. And that Maybe just makes me happy. If the, I think it's like she seems genuinely happy. I think a lot of these gurus, they seem fake happy because they're just like, look how rich I am. But she's like, I'm so organized and it makes me so happy. And I'm like, I feel like you genuinely are happy. Oh, the socks. This is what I need to know. Let's fold socks. What I do not recommend is to make them into a ball. Because like that's what I always do. And she Same. said, don't do that. Because the elastic in the opening of the sock gets ruined. Well, there is correctly oh. put both socks together put by laying one together. on the other. Fold the fold in half. I can tell those socks spark joy. Just look at them. Those are joyful. Those socks spark those joy are for such me. joyful. Socks. I would not get rid of those socks if I had them. They will also stand. As you oh. see, fold all the clothes in such way so that they stand on their own. The they will look fall. neat and tidy. I think, Dude, that's um, amazing. I might even get her illustrated books in the in the book form, not as the audiobook. I think it's beautiful that you found a guru that you love so much you actually want to buy her book to support her because you were like learning so much from her. I'm I think learning this is beautiful. so much from her, except yeah, she she even says in her book, she's like, if after you read this book, it doesn't spark joy for you, you should throw it out because I don't want you to keep any books that don't spark joy for you. Oh, um, <laughs> no, I think that, uh, well, there's that, so anyway, what I was going to say before is there's that old saying, and I forgot who gets credited with it, but it's like, if you can't find joy, or no, it's, if you can't find happiness cleaning your toilet, you can't find happiness doing anything. Um, and that's also been changed to another saying of don't pursue what makes you happy, find happiness in what you do. Uh, and I think that that's ultimately what Marie Kondo has done. She's found happiness in doing like the things that you ha just have. She, she's found happiness in being human. Absolutely. And it's, that's look, sort of I'm beautiful. I'm looking from local Chicago bookstores for Marie Kondo. I don't want to. I uh, my don't want to buy from Amazon. My rule is that oh, she has a manga version of it. That's adorable. Um, my rule with with buying books is like I buy books from Amazon if that the author would profit the most from getting it from Amazon. If the author would profit equally from Amazon versus a local bookstore, then I will buy it from the local bookstore. 
That's interesting. So when you're buying when you're buying things, your first priority is the creator. Your second priority is the is is the local business. And then well, third- I think it depends because my first priority is a local oh. business as well. But a lot of local businesses don't stock books by smaller authors. They they primarily because they have limited space, right? They'll stock books by best-selling they'll, authors, they'll sell. name authors. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of times Amazon is one of the only places you're going to find books by a lot of smaller authors. And sometimes oh. you can buy the book on the author's website, but sometimes the author says um, that based on like all the extra shipping and inventory stock, because a lot of authors aren't doing it as a full-time business, but that they would profit more if you just get it from Amazon. So then I'll get it from Amazon in that case. But if it's a book that's available at a local bookstore, then I will default to the local bookstore. My goal is just when I'm shopping, I'm like, how can I support a small business the most in this way? I know Amazon would never do this because it would take money away from them. But Mm -hmm. if someone could figure out a way that could automatically set up the discounted version of like the author discounted version of their books that you can get from print on demand to their store. So it's just essentially they're placing the order at an outside website, but they're getting that author discount. That would be such a fantastic uh, hack. So authors could, could, could make the same amount of money from their books um, and sell their books at a discount. So they're, they're essentially, it's the first step towards creating their own online bookstore for their work. All right, I am getting both the illustrated guide and the manga. Oh, quick, uh, just a quick thing to you to cut into. I just logged into the stream on my phone and um, y'all don't have to, but if you do feel so inclined, please like the stream. If Give you haven't. Like, set the little notifications bell to on for this channel. I know it's a call to action. I know call to action suck. Um, you don't, oh God, I love Confederacy Dunces. I don't know that. What is Confederacy of Dunces? I think I've heard it's of it. It's a really famous New Orleans book. Won the Pulitzer. Uh, John, oh, cool. uh, John Kennedy Toole wrote it. He actually sadly committed suicide before it was published, and his mom got it published for him after his death. And it's a hilarious book about uh, this pedantic, morbidly obese, loony tune of a man uh, in New Orleans who just brings chaos with him everywhere he goes and has a really hilarious relationship with his mom uh, and his mom's friend. <laughs> and ultimately uh, he ends up making everyone's life better after making their lives infinitely worse and then drives off in a clown car in the sunset at the end. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, it, it's like my go-to example of um, the fool triumphant genre. Yeah, we have a statue on Canal Street of Ignatius Riley, who's the main character. And uh, what's his face? Nick Offerman played him in a, in a stage performance of Confederacy Dunces. I'm placing the order for these books right now. I feel like I'm kind of going against what she talks about here by the fact that I had the book not taking up physical space on my phone, but I wanted it physically. I wanted the illustrated one physically because I feel like that'll be more helpful now that I'm trying to, like, I feel like she's done a good job outlining the concepts in this book, but I like the illustrated one because I want to, like, spend more time physically learning how to do it visually. Should we extend Marie Kondo week for a second week? I'm all for it. Because then we can can read both her books. We can do yeah. one book this week and one book next week. We can week. read both the books. And I know that you don't have as much tidying up space to do because you already don't have that much stuff in your apartment. But 
I'm getting a lot out of this. What do you guys think in the chat? Let us know. We've never extended help savvy, <laughs> help savvy clean her apartment or her yeah. house or whatever. Help savvy be healthy. We never extended something two weeks before, but I feel like this is probably the best one to do that with. We'll run polls on all of our socials. Too, yeah, we'll do but, a poll on Instagram, do a poll on Reddit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that being said, too, Reddit's probably going to get more weight than Instagram. So join the subreddit, r slash your morning guru. We have three extends in the chat. And Kimberly, funnily enough, actually, the next book I'm going to publish besides Cancel Sean Boston uh, is a New Orleans book. It's um, it's about this, this man who moved to New Orleans to escape his family from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, and basically be chose to become homeless in New Orleans, gets picked up by his old college friend who became a self-help guru. And it's almost like trading places where he, he plucks a homeless man, turns him into a self-help guru, profits off him like crazy. I remember, wait, this was the book you were telling me about that like you were writing based on something we were talking about. Right? Oh yeah, it's like if Pigeon Man was in trading places and instead of finance, it's self-help gurus. I love it. This is going to be so good. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so a lot of people right now are thinking to, we should do a second week. Okay, this will be a first on our show. Um, but yeah, let's see. Kitty says, let's do it. I love cleaning and organizing, as you can already tell. Amanda send says, I clips. definitely need an extra week. Send us your clips of you cleaning and organizing. Oh, we'll yeah, share send it. us clips. We'll share it. Yeah, I also want to do an Instagram live of me cleaning. I didn't do it yesterday because... Tyler does not want me publicizing our bedroom when it is in the state that it's currently in. So that's, that's fair. But <laughs> so, everyone else should publicize their shit and send us your shit. Our email is your morning guru. I think it's your morning guru at gmail.com. Don't send your shit to a random email. Let me confirm that. No, that, that is what our email is. Yeah. <laughs> your morning guru at gmail.com. You can send it to us there or you can uh, DM us on Instagram, your videos, if they're under a minute and we will share, we will share We can even splice them together for our TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe, I think maybe I will do a Instagram live of me cleaning up like the, my, like the mug. I have so many mugs and I probably need to get rid of some of them. And I definitely want to do some of this as giveaway. So I'll do some of it as donate or some of it as giveaway. We'll see. And you should do a Marie Kondo wrap up on your other channel. Cause she also gets searches. So. Oh yeah. I will definitely do a wrap up because people like the wrap ups on the channel. So. I mean, the other two people we lived as in the since I did the last wrap up were Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss. And that was fun. But like Marie Kondo has been the most productive. So I'm going to definitely do a wrap up on that. Uh, Kitty, do you have Gmail? Because you could you could uh, send us a video over Gmail or like over over Google Drive if you only have Facebook. Yeah, I will definitely do a wrap up for this on my main channel. Um yeah. Okay, cool. I will run polls, but it does sound like a lot of people are interested in the second week, which is good because like in the book, she specifically says a lot that like, this shouldn't be a thing that you try to make into a habit of um, purging and organizing. Like you should try to make it a huge life event that you do one time and then have that be a system that works for you after that. So I'm yeah. thinking if I wanted to get it all done in this week and have that be my event, however, getting the vaccine <laughs> and a bunch of other things are going to probably get in the way of my productivity of that. So if we have next week also, I can get to the other rooms. I can probably, I'm going to try to finish clothes this week. So I finished like everyday clothes, I guess, you know, shirts, pants, things like that yesterday. And then I'm going to try to do, by the end of the week, I'm going to try to do like coats, shoes, boots, things like that. So I have also kept a lot of winter boots that have holes in them and that are ripped apart. And it's like, I should throw those out. 
I so first off, I want to say I love it too. I'm excited to extend it. Three, we should maybe make a Google Drive folder for people to send their clips to, just to make it as convenient and easy as possible for them to send us their clips, and then we yeah, can just share that idea. in the chat. Four, shout out to the chat. When I had that call to action, we had nine likes, and one of them was oh, me. Dude. Now we're up to twenty-three. You guys are awesome. Also, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat some Jello on this stream. So y'all are awesome, in case you didn't know that already. Uh, and I had a four, but I don't fucking know what it is. That jello looks interesting. Interesante. I should switch over from, from Duolingo Spanish to Duolingo Japanese for the rest of this week and next week. That's a great idea. This jello is like the base is crushed pretzels, and then the next layer is whipped cream, and then the top layer is strawberries. That sounds delicious. Also, in the news, fuck you, Keemstar. No, I'm kidding. You're, I don't know. Uh, anyways, as far as far as, uh, as far as just random coolness is concerned, really famous chef sadly passed away last summer. Uh, Leah Chase. I mean, sadly, but she was also in her. I think she was in her late nineties. Um, so rest in peace. But uh, Leah Chase, New Orleans' own famous chef. Aaron texted me this morning that one of her class. So Aaron's in the pastry chef program, so they don't interact that much. Uh, they interact every lunch. But one of the uh, women in the culinary program is Leah Chase's gra uh, granddaughter. I just thought oh, that was so, so fucking cool. cool. That is so cool. Kimberly asks, have you watched the home edit on Netflix? No, I have not. And you know what else we can do for uh, now that we're extending it a week, too? We can make the Netflix uh, tidying up uh, show a bit more of it. And that can include a watch party. We can, we can schedule a watch party date. How do we do a watch party? It, I we, don't we, know. We might need to make a Discord for that. We could maybe do a Discord. The, the, I think there are ways to make, to do a watch party, but we have time now to figure it out. Oh, I. you know what? I've seen the home edit books at Target. That's where I've heard of this before. Maybe I will look into this. You want to hear the coolest thing about Pastry Chef too? Sorry to go off of a different tangent. No, talk about Pastry Chefs are great. Talk about it. Erin tells so she doesn't have to bring lunch to school anymore because now every lunch they have what's called a family meal, which is the pastry chef kids, they bring dessert, their pastries, and the culinary kids, they bring what they were cooking for the day. So they get fresh made culinary student lunches every single day. That's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's pastry fucking chef awesome. school sounds fantastic. I'm kind of jealous. I'm jealous too. Like if I redid everything and didn't go to school, I mean, first off, it's a lot less expensive than a traditional school. Yeah, you're getting a very specific skill that you can remain employed with for the rest of your life. And it's also it's one of those skills that is entrepreneurial in nature because you're creating a, a, an evergreen in demand product. Um, exactly. So she's much further along in being an entrepreneur, I'd argue, than people who go to to uh, to business school. I say that as someone who obviously studied finance and shit. Um, and so, so that was more self-deprecating than going after anyone else. Just wanted you to make should, that clear. You should start a bakery together. Oh, we absolutely should. But I just, if I could all, do it all over again, I probably, I, I think I would have gone that route. Sounds sounds pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't have regrets on the route I went, but that just sounds like a nice route to go. As for Spanish, I'm a native speaker. Do you have any advice? Because I've been reading that I should just be watching Netflix in Spanish every day if I wanted to learn. I can see the appeal of that. I used to love watching telenovelas. I never really improved my Spanish skills that much, though. I would end up just being confused. Were you drunk? No. Okay, fair enough then. Because I, because I, 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 it just. I would it, do this like when I was much younger. I was gonna say it like, felt before like before I even was, started drinking. 
Fair enough, then. I, I was waiting for you to say, Tyler and I used to get drunk and watch telenovelas all the time. I was like, oh. I mean, that does sound like that does sound like us. You, I feel we we didn't, but I mean, I, you th- could I feel have. like I feel like you've captured our characteristics really well. Like if someone, like I feel like you could write fan fiction about us, and people would be like, "This is very in character." You have, yeah, all of it. <laughs> all of what Pat is filled with the savvy and Tyler fan fiction, and I everyone have comments. Seventeen and they're like, accounts. Very All in character. Good work. Good work. Very in character. I don't think you realize how famous you and Tyler are in the fan fiction world. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, they don't actually think you're real. It's gonna, it's gonna really hit them for a loop when they find your Rachel Hollis videos. They're gonna be like, wait a minute, this woman is real? I didn't realize that there was a gay aunt from the 80s born in the 90s. <laughs> right? Who knew? What I learned in boating school is, if you know French, then Spanish isn't hard. That doesn't help, Queen of Spade. Fucking Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell, tell us about universal health care, too, fucker. Um, tell us about the Leafs and the Habs. Tell us about the Ottawa Senators. I just resort back to hockey when I run out of insults for Canada. Fuck you and your mittens. Uh, savvy. Yes. Are, are, are we hitting a dead end with Marie Kondo? Is it time for me to go on tangents? Are we, do you want to go on tangents? I mean, I don't know what else to do until I, I read more of the book. And then, well, I feel like, okay, so this stream, I don't know how long we want to go today. I know I've our, got... Our go-to, I always, I always post it as 8 to 9.30. Okay, then we should go to 9.30 today. That sounds good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not going to try to clean on the stream today because then I end, well, unless you have a lot of tangents you want to go on, then I'll absolutely clean on the stream. You can, you can clean it. You can start cleaning on the stream. I can absolutely host tangent stream now. All right. You ready to tangent guys? Absolutely. RK is going to go on some tangents. Uh, here's some, some topics to get you going. Seth Godin, seven habits of highly effective people. Uh, so actually, let's, just, let's just start with Seth Godin. Cause we actually use <laughs> Seth Godin a lot. We are going to do a Seth Godin sometime this month. guys. Like, the whole reason we did, the, the the mission statement was Seth Godin. Now I've read a lot of business books too, and they all obviously push mission statement. It's important to have a mission statement if you want to start a business. And that doesn't necessarily have to be like a for-profit business. We haven't incorporated or done anything like that. I would actually argue don't start there until you start making money because then you're just going to end up in the hole. Uh, so I'm going to leave my mic on so that I can ASMR the cleaning sounds. Let's see if it works. That's beautiful. Uh, so as far as like, I don't want to get legal advice because I'm not a lawyer. So fuck that. We're going to scrap that. But as far as just um, building a mission statement and building out a business plan, it's something you should just be doing for anything that you're hoping to make money on in the future, no matter what. Because one of the things that Seth Godin talks about is the importance of establishing a culture. It's one of the driving forces of what we're trying to accomplish. What did my brother say? Oh, that doesn't fucking matter. It's one of the driving forces that we're trying to accomplish here. We're not trying to grow this stream. We're not trying to grow this podcast. We're trying to grow this culture. Uh, I really like how Seth Godin focuses on the best thing you can do for a business. And for the sake of simplicity, I'm going to say that the stream is a business is to grow the culture and focus on what you already have. Shift the perspective to building the best product for people who are already purchasing your products. And for simplicity's sake, I'll say you're purchasing this product with your time. Uh, And so it's our responsibility as creators to make sure that you customers are getting the best product and we're building it along the way. Now he's also someone who subscribes to the minimum viable product as well. So 
that's something that Savvy and I accidentally followed. We didn't necessarily know what we were trying to do at first. So we just put out something that we deemed entertaining and we've been growing it from there. And again, the focus has never been on getting the minimum viable product in as many hands as possible. It's been finding that audience and then building something that they love and truly building something that can energize them uh, so that they want to come back every day. Because people who are in the stream, people who interact with us on social media, they are who they are what's important. They are who is important. It's not about getting more people. It's about making Making sure they are as happy as possible. They feel as connected to this as possible. They want to grow with this as long as possible. For me, French is hard. I guess it might work the other way, but not from Spanish to French. Good. I want to see some French-Spanish rivalry going on in this chat. Consuelo versus Queen of Spade. Throw down. Be careful. Queen of Spade bites. Uh, I got into Donald Miller recently starting with story. I got story brand. Was it you who said story brand? I got story brand on, um, on Libby. I'm excited to start that. Uh, I'm trying to finish because I'm horrible at book club as Queen of Spade called me out. I'm finishing the system. I'm very close to, oh God, they really have the Pelicans on ESPN right now. Fuck, they lost to Atlanta last night. They fucking suck. I fucking hate how the Pelican fans are giving them such... They make, they, they make excuses. They made excuses for Alvin Gentry. They made excuses for Del Demps. They made excuses for Monty Williams. I, I would have been happy if we kept Monty. I really would have been happy. But I think Stan Van Gundy is a stupid, lazy piece of shit who ruins just about every franchise he's been with except for the Orlando Magic because he had Dwight Howard in his fucking prime. Uh, and I think David Griffin is a horrible... Uh, vice president, executive vice president, who can't scout talent, who doesn't know what he's trying to do. Want to talk about culture? Pelicans don't have any fucking culture. I don't know what they're trying to build right here. I have no clue what this team is trying to build. They went for Steve Adams because they kept Eric, they kept uh, Eric Bledsoe because I don't fucking know. They traded Drew Holiday for peanuts. Like, what what are they trying to build? I have no fucking clue. They have no outside shooting except Lonzo Ball, who is on the trade block. Excuse me. Fuck you, Griff. Uh, but she bites so well. <laughs> Joe, you're funny. Uh, I'm sorry, Kitty. I will breathe. Um, yeah, that's fast English. I, I, I go on sports rants quick because I love sports. Erin and I were watching Fever Pitch, and she, she, she sort of said that I remind her of, uh, of Jimmy Fallon and that. I don't have, like, Pelican shower curtains and, and Pelican birch all over. Like, this is pretty much the – I have this and a Drew Holiday jersey, which I got for free. Um, and that's about it. And of course we don't have Drew Holiday anymore because David Griffin's a piece of shit. Uh, Drew Holiday gave a lot to the city. He gave a lot of his career to this team. He was a true leader. He was, should have been defensive player of the year every year that Eric Bledsoe was. It's, uh, it's a farce that he wasn't. Eric Bledsoe was complete trash. Um, I would have loved to have kept Drew Holiday and have gotten rid of David Griffin. I mean, one of them actually served this team well, and the other one only serves himself. David Griffin sounds like a fucking control freak. He drafted arguably one of the worst busts of all time when he was with Cleveland and Anthony Bennett, and then he threw his team under the bus. He, you can't trust a damn thing he says. He said Drew Holiday is the future of this team. He trades him. He says Stephen Adams is the future of this team. Stephen Adams fucking sucks. He was on a trade block. He traded Grant. Oh, shit. Like, uh, what was his fucking name? I'm blanking out right now. But he traded some of the team could have actually used an outside shooter and kept Eric Bledsoe in his fucking horrible contract. Uh, this is a lot of energy about some sport. What sport? I don't, it's basketball. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'll stop. I'll stop talking about basketball. But it's something I'm passionate about. Um, I love it. I was talking to my friend about joining a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym once I get my um, my second COVID vaccine. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, so I get my second COVID vaccine a week from today. Sandy gets her first today. 
Uh, no, it's not American football. American football, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. Let's go back to Seth Godin. I really like how Seth Godin talks about he, – he talked about specifically when he was building a business um, how the head of the snake is obviously where all the money is, but the long tail of the snake is – where most people are making their money. And it's really important to focus energy there as you're growing because you're never going to compete with the big guys at the head. They have too much money, they have too much influence. And so it's really important to just extend your tail and capture as much as the tail as you can. Uh, it, and it, it all, oh, our Raptors, yeah, your Raptors won a championship. No, don't get me back on fucking um, sports because people in the chat, Hornets fan here, felt that hard. Yeah. Yeah, Hornets are stuck. But y'all at least have, I mean, we both have bright futures. I think Zion is, is going to be one of the best players in the league for years to come. And y'all got LaMelo, who's looking very promising. Uh, Savvy's back. So I sort of talked about Seth Godin, and then I don't know how I got on a Pelicans rant, but it happened. That is okay. What I'm going to be doing <laughs> while we're – my next cleaning thing that I have to do is – so I have, as you guys probably know from watching some of my stop-motion animation on this channel – Oh, Shanta, I'm channel, from I'm Buffalo, too. I'm sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, orig I'm originally from Buffalo. I moved to New Orleans after I got my master's. Yay! Connection! Yeah, I grew up right in the city. I grew up west side. If you feel, I, I, went, I went to Nichols, if that helps you. So if anyone's watched any of the stop motion animation on my main channel, you've probably seen that I have miniature American Girl dolls. My grandma, as a gift, like my grandma found that she had all the original miniature size American Girl dolls in her attic, so she mailed them to me, and I've been using them in videos. But because of that, I had taken them all out of their boxes and then left the boxes because they have two layers of boxes and I just left it all on the floor. So now I have going to put their boxes back together. So they both they all go like in this main box and then they go in this other protective box on top like this. And then they have like a one of these things that goes over top of it that says the American Girls Collection. This is great because this is all like, this is Pleasant Company logos. This is long before Mattel bought them out and their logo was just like that star and stuff. No, now this this is the good shit right here. For any of you guys who appreciate toy collecting. So my sports rant lost us a couple of viewers and now you talk about American Girl Dolls brought it back. I'm clearly oh, not the core demographic. And oh, well, here's State, the thing is I love like, your I'm, campus. Uh, <laughs> I'm a sports person too, but I guess we have more toy collectors in the audience. <laughs> yeah, well you don't you don't talk about your Cubs or Bears or Northwestern. I don't I um I used to be that person who talked about Northwestern sports nonstop. I have stopped. Fuck doing Notre that. Dame. Yeah, fuck Notre Dame. How fuck about Notre that? Dame. Fuck, fuck you, Rudy. Fuck Notre Dame. Oh my God, where is the doll that uh, goes in this box? I, I, I went to UB for grad school, Chantel. So, so it is, if that's where you went to, awesome. Also, it sounds like we have a lot in common. I lived around Elmwood also. I lived where is Felicity? I lived close to Allentown. And um, then I moved south. You moved to Tennessee. I moved to Louisiana. Where is Felicity? Where is Felicity? Where's Samantha? Samantha was busy playing Rachel Hollis in my film. Rachel now, Hollis story. So now, but now I can't find her. Did she escape? Is she like, I cannot play this role any longer? Call Marco Polo. <laughs> Where did she go? Um, it's entirely possible that I left her in the basement. Chantel, we were neighbors. Just, just so you know, we, we, we were neighbors. Did you? Oh, live wait, on cool. I'm glad that there's a lot of fuck Notre Dame people here. Fuck Notre Dame. 
here in Spain, uh, cool, we're getting the vaccines. Yeah, I'm excited to get my second next week. Um, oh, wait, here's Felicity. What is Felicity doing in an outside? Okay, guys. And I'm nervous. I found Felicity. We're all good. Consuel, I actually want to, like, if I ever have to leave New Orleans, Spain is top of my list of places to move. Because I, I don't want to live anywhere else in the States besides New Orleans. So if I ever have to leave, I'm going to leave the country. And Spain's top of my list. Felicity sparks joy. Look how cute she is. Look how cute this little little 18th century woman is. I hope Brown has a collection of binding of Isaac figures, and I'm not sure if I just throw the boxes. Willie asked about sports ball. Uh, we have a fuck Notre Dame. Fuck Notre Dame. Yeah, that's true. Especially in the South, there are people in Buffalo everywhere. Like, I, I think the second most Buffalonian place on the planet is is Florida, specifically Tampa. Like I, I think if you go to Tampa, you're going to run into at least ten Buffalo natives for every one native Floridian. Uh, ha ha, Yo, Kelly. Doing this kind of organizing where it's repetitive tasks like putting things in boxes is much better when I can do it on a live stream while talking to you guys rather than having to just do it and being sad. As a former horse girl, I wanted Felicity so bad, Bree. Dude, Felicity is the original horse girl lesbian. Which American girl dolls are lesbians? Everyone let me know. I would say most of them. I think you can divide American girl dolls into two categories. Ones who are lesbians and ones who would have beaten me up in high school. And you can you can divide them easily based on when Mattel bought them out. So they were all lesbians up to like Kit. Then the rest of them would have beaten me up in high school. <laughs> Oh, Willie, I'm not surprised here. There's a lot of Buffalonians in, in, in North Carolina. First off, because the Buffalo Bills, obviously, just their whole office came from the Carolina Panthers, uh, which is hilarious. And secondly, because there's a beach in North Carolina that I know is very, uh, very big in Buffalo for, for vacations. So, y'all, here's Samantha. Let's give this woman, the, she needs an Oscar for her performance as Rachel Hollis in my Rise Conference review. If you guys haven't seen that, you need to watch it. She deserves an Oscar. Her performance was amazing. This, this Her performance, dude. You did such a good job. You sparked so much joy. Oh, my God. You're talking to your inanimate objects like Marie Kondo. Yeah, I get it, dude. I get it. And, you know, that's the thing is I have a problem with letting things go because I, too, like to talk to my inanimate objects and I like to treat them like they're sentient. But the problem is that then I'm like, oh, I can't throw this thing out. It'll feel sad. Yeah, but Willie then she's was... also like, if you leave things unused on the shelf, they'll feel even more sad than if you just uh, got rid of them. And I'm like, okay, I trust you. You're the uh, uh, expert in object emotions. Yeah, Willie the silly. They, they, it's, it's. I, I feel bad. I, I actually, I can't say this in New Orleans. I don't mind the Panthers that much. I, I, I like. I was cheering for Teddy Bridgewater. I love Teddy. I, 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 I really wanted him to succeed. Now y'all got Darnold, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, Hawaii is beautiful. I suggest going there. I like to think that my sports uh, obsession is going to pay dividends in the long run for the stream. Because because I, I like to think my sports rants might attract more people. Maybe. Here's the thing, dude, is I think the fact that you and I both have so many interests and our variety of interests sometimes overlaps with each other. What's our Venn our diagram? 
I don't know. What? I'm gonna make one. Here's my. I got. Okay. I had to get my stream. All right. Let's journaling to make a Venn diagram of our interests. I think that. Um. Okay. So. Oh, here. Oh, Molly looks adorable. Oh my God. I love her little braids. Where are your glasses? So. Oh, they're oh, her glasses are in this little protective plastic. I need to put these on you. Here are my yeah. two ugly boobs. I mean, sir. <laughs> uh, so our our interests intersect with um, college and Big Ten sports. That's where we intersect. College sports. College sports. Um, uh, inebriation. Inebriation. Hey Arnold. Hey, I'll say '90s cartoons. '90s cartoons, writing. Writing. So why why was that not the first one? Why was what? Yeah. Why was, <laughs> why was that not the first? Why were we like inebriation comes first, Col definitely, Col and then Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> um, business, entrepreneurship. You know how we have similar careers and work together and all of that. Business goals. Business goals. Oh, look how cute Molly looks with the glasses on. These little miniature glasses are adorable. I love them. I'll say podcasts because we podcasts. both like podcasts. I we don't, oh, I, dude, we're both YouTube. We're both into YouTube. Like we. Do, I'm like, not. You, you, I mean, I make for YouTube, but like we, you, you're the one, only one I ever can talk to YouTube with about YouTube drama. Yes. Oh, YouTube like, drama. Heck YouTube yeah. drama. You're like, oh shit! Did you see what Keemstar did? Well, Keemstar is from Buffalo too, so I, I even when he says like, <laughs> I, I have this like geographic loyalty. Like I will, it's bad. I think I'll give people benefit of the doubt if like I, I know what streets are from. Also, doing this Venn diagram, I think, will help us in with uh, figuring out what the audience. You can let us know which of these interests you share in too, and then we can figure out how to reach people with the things we, we go on tangent. Oh, dude, Degrassi, Degrassi is a shared. Interest. Oh, absolutely. How is that so late? Like, if Keemstar was Canadian, I think I would be very vocally like I think I could have had an anti-Keemstar identity if he was Canadian. Why are you so rude to Canadians? They brought you Degrassi. Yeah, that's why I'm rude to Canadians. Oh, and here's Kirsten. Okay, I was still I was traumatized as a child when her friend died of cholera in the books. Jo Joseph's all about pure romance and dating. Pure romance. I see you, Joseph. I see your comments. I see. I hear you. I see. I filmed this whole set. This movie cost me six million dollars. Greg, <laughs> <laughs> this is real American movie. Um, yeah, maybe we, yeah, we need to figure out how to attract more men to this show because I think that, um, well, I think what the thing we need to do is we need to collaborate with, why do I have trash in here? Good Lord. You know, you know who has a masculine audience who's Canadian? Hmm. Always Marco. Oh, he is Canadian, isn't he? Yeah. Shout out to Alberta. Always Marco. Um, yeah, I hope you can come on our hands are rude to Canadians. Yeah, it's 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 done out of love. Um when I'm rude to Canadians. I just accept that Buffalo is a suburb of Canada. Oh, I, I, I'm not actually defending Keemstar. I just like No, to say we that are not joke. fans of Keemstar. We think he's an asshole. We just uh, uh he's he just is, you know, when we're talking about YouTube drama, 
he's generally always in the center of it. So well, he's built such an incredible brand on YouTube. And I say incredible, yeah. not with a positive connotation. It's just like, you can't talk about YouTube drama without Keemstar. Right. It's like his, his he's, he's there. He's there for better or worse. Oh, you're from Queen. You're from Kingston. I actually, when I was looking at colleges, I was looking at Queens. Uh, for me, also Canadian schools are really expensive if you're not from Canada. Like it, like it, it rivals going to uh, an out-of-state school in the states for for, for me. So you know what it, I should have done when I was putting these boxes together, I should have labeled the outside with which doll is which, so that I won't have to open them all up again. And then end up in the same situation. But I know. R.I.P. Gord Downey, tragically hip, greatest Canadian export. Savvy, do you like tragically hip? Uh, I don't know what that is. Okay, you can listen to them today, and I'll listen to something you tell me to listen to. Okay. Just oh, not I Daft do. Punk, or or your favorite Daft Punk album. I'll. Oh, if I I already told you my favorite Daft Punk album. Shit, you that you was the like one I didn't it. like. Okay, I don't get how you didn't like it. I will never understand. But you know what? We're still friends. It's okay. Because we make a real Hollywood movie. <laughs> um, okay, so that could be a difference uh, on the Savvy Circle. It is Daft Punk, and it is not on the RK Circle. Daft Punk. I'll have good music. I'm, no, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You have fantastic taste in music. I'm actually, I'm really making my, I'm making some progress with this, um, with this Rolling Stones or Rolling Stone Magazine 500 uh, Greatest Albums of All Time list. I'm enjoying it. That's awesome. That when you started doing it, I fell asleep on the couch. Well, that's not rude. listening to the music. It wasn't intentional. I was just really exhausted for some reason. No, it's all good. I I put. We both love sleep. <laughs> um. Avril Lavigne, mom, and my mom are friends. So what? Why aren't you friends with Avril? Wait, your your mom and Avril Lavigne's mom are friends. So can you get Avril Lavigne to come on our podcast? How do we well, make this happen? How do we leverage this connection? So are we three degrees of separation? Okay, help me with degrees of separation. Are we two or three degrees away from uh, so separation? So we, we know Queen of Spades. Queen of Spades is one. Queen, Queen of Spades' Spain. mom is two. Mm -hmm. Mom's friend is three. I think it's four. Or four. Four degrees of separation. Yeah, because Avril Lavigne knows her mom. Avril's mom knows Queen of Spades' mom. Queen of Spades' mom knows her. And then she knows us. That's four. Yeah. That's pretty far off. That's pretty far. But you know what? We can make it happen. It's usually because those degrees of separation. It's 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 their moms, dude. It's like if those degrees of separations were like their coworker or their like previous neighbor, like it's their mom. I think we could make it happen. Is wait, Avril a bitch or is her mom a bitch? Wait, this Avril, is really important. Yeah, this is important. And if Avril's a bitch, I can forgive her because she's so pretty. Pretty privilege is so fucking real. We're sips on this show. <laughs> we admit it. <laughs> Which brings us back to one of our driving philosophical questions. Is it better, is it better to spend $50,000 on education or $50,000 on your appearance? I think we, in the middle of the Venn diagram, you need to put that we both like attractive women. I'll put simp. Simp. <laughs> <laughs> but only, but Nina don't. She treats her mom like side. crap. Oh, yeah. Avril treats her mom like crap? That's terrible. Wait, can, can I, okay, so as far as Canadians are concerned. Well, she's not Canadian. She's Bulgarian, and she moved to Canada. Where do where do y'all put Nina Dobrev? Because I think she's beautiful, and Savvy doesn't. I think she's beautiful too, but I think she's beautiful in a very stereotypically beautiful way. Oh my god! 
You're gonna, Obviously, she's beautiful, you're, dude. You're punishing her for being conventionally attractive. Yeah, I think that I think that I I find myself more attracted to people when they've got something on. Sorry, she's not Steve Buscemi, okay? <laughs> yeah, Sorry, I, 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 I Steve Buscemi. Buscemi I, mean, <laughs> I hope he hears that clip. If someone clipped that, send it to us, so we can send it to Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he needs more people in it. I think I think he needs more groupies. And actually, I wonder I wonder how many like people slide into Steve Buscemi's DMs if he has them. Wait, uh, Avril Lavigne doesn't visit her own mom. Can we get Avril's mom on the show? Oh my god, just to start shit with Avril Lavigne. <laughs> Can we get Avril Lavigne's mom on the show? Because imagine that clickbait interview with Avril Lavigne's mom. So Consuela, funnily enough, um, my YouTube channel, I'm just under 10,000 subs right now. I don't really post on it anymore, but it's almost entirely international because I mostly reacted to international music. Um, of that, it's mostly South African, but still. I do respect internet. I mean, I do think that that's also an interesting conversation to talk about how we do have such an American centric, or I could say North American centric uh, view of entertainment. Um, and it often ignores some truly incredible break breakthroughs in, in music and art outside of the U S. I think that's a good point. It's kind of wild how uh, the rest of the world defined culture for so long and the u.s defined capitalism and now the u.s defines capitalism and art because art became capitalism that's interesting yeah i feel like yeah now i'm now i'm hmm. now i'm thinking i also hate how the u.s is the definition of capitalism when it does it wrong but that's another conversation altogether oh we definitely do capitalism wrong here because I, I i don't know in what definition the free market is has the wealthiest corporations being regularly bailed out by the government and the tax dollars yeah we don't yeah exactly i, I do we know are there exam is, is there an example of a country that has done capitalism in like the true way do, do we have an example of a country that's done that because i feel like people think of the u.s as one of the most capitalist countries but we're really not we have too much we have socialism not, for the wealthiest right exactly so it doesn't it doesn't work at all yeah so is, is there an example of a country that does real capitalism? I don't know, because I don't, I have, my failure in life was not researching other nations' economic trends. One of my many oh, failures. Wait, Queen of Spain, her mom doesn't talk about it much, but, but it, so does that mean she's not going to come on our show? Or does that mean, what is because I kind of want her to. Come I feel like this is the Hillary is Hillary Swank hot <laughs> debate, like on The Office. It is, it is, and we have to, like, everyone walk over to my side of the screen if you agree on Nina Dobrev. Kimberly, I love Nina, and I appreciate that she's not blonde, blue eyed. Because growing up, it was like brunettes weren't allowed on TV for a yeah, while. Yeah, I guess there was always like the pretty girl is blonde thing, which I didn't understand either. Yeah, we just watched Freaky Friday, and of course, the hot, like Aaron pointed out too how funny it was that their idea of inclusion in Freaky Friday for the popular girl was it's three girls, one blonde, one brunette, one redhead, and the two others never spoke. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lindsay um, Lohan, she's hot, dude. I love her. It's yeah, she's fantastic. That's why. Uh, okay, so do you ever like? Do you ever watch movies like old old movies? of people that you had crushes on when they were young. And then you're just like, oh God, I wish I could like just dive through the screen and make out with your younger self right now. And do you apply you their younger young. hot? 
do you apply their younger hotness to them currently? And I, what I mean by young is, I mean like, like uh, for example, Susan Sarandon in Rocky Horror. Oh, oh. Okay. I, I don't mean young like like kids. I mean young like they're well, old because now I think when they were in like, their twenties. When I was a kid, I'd watch a movie with someone who I'd have a crush on, but they were also a kid. So like, if I watched that now, I would be like, oh, fond memories of me being a kid. But I'm <laughs> the way you phrase it, like you want to dive through the screen and make out. I was like, wait, no, no, what? No, no I I'm, get what I'm, you're saying now. You're okay. You're talking about like okay, old movies where they're already. Adults, yes. Yeah, I'm talking about that is what's, different. What, what's her name? I'm talking about um, like I watch young Diane Keaton. I'm like, oh God, I want to make out with young Diane Keaton or young that Mary Steenburgen, and I'm like, oh man, I want to make out with young Mary. Like I watched oh, uh, Mary Steenburgen is adorable. She's so gorgeous. Like I was <laughs> watching so what's the, what's eating Walter Grape, and she's in that movie, and she's fucking gorgeous. And I'm just like, oh god, I'm younger. To think of what she looks like, young. I'm gonna look her it up right now. Look, look her, look up Mary Steenburgen and what, uh, what's eating Walter Great. I'm happy that the stream is much more willing to talk about the beauty of women than sports. Oh, she's beautiful when she's young. Right? I mean, she's still beautiful now, but I just mean oh, like she's I really... beautiful now, dude. She she's achieved like ultimate milf status. Like but, she made it happen, dude. But yeah, it's just like I don't know, and like. Audrey Hepburn, who obviously is in no condition to make out currently, but you know, you see a movie of her, and you're like, oh God, I want to make out with you. Yeah, dude. I think Audrey Hepburn's one of those people, though, where I don't think anyone would disagree. Like, everyone is like, yes, she is like the. Gilbert Grape, my bad. I fucked up the. Uh, I, I, I fucked up I the haven't name. seen that movie. Not Walter Grape, Gilbert Grape. Yep, it has the alliteration. Um, yeah, oh no, Audrey Hepburn is like so beautiful, I cry. <laughs> I'm going to look up young Betty White because I know young Betty White is so beautiful. <laughs> this is where you plug to the live stream like if you think Nina Dobrev is hot. No, because I don't want anyone to unlike. Chile is quite similar to U.S. in that way. Time for work, meeting, and my daily bike ride. Have fun. Thanks, Kimberly. Gilbert, great. Gilbert. Yeah, I get it. I fucked up the title of the movie, guys. I fucked it up. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Kitty had a huge crush on Xena, Warrior Princess. Which feels fair. I feel like Savvy yeah, would have a crush. Looking at Betty White, dude, I love Betty White. I feel like your type would be Xena. Did you did you like a uh, Xena Warrior Princess? I don't think I watched Xena Warrior Princess. I watched Xenon Girl of the Twenty First Century. Completely different woman. <laughs> I loved that movie. I rewatched it recently, and I was like, this movie holds up. Bet Marie says pre Hollywood treatment of Monroe. So I guess old Marilyn Monroe. Dude, Marilyn Monroe is gorgeous. But I know she's also like the standard of what's gorgeous. So it's not like, it's not groundbreaking to say that. I think everyone knew that. Yeah. Uh, Cher, I am a blue-eyed brunette. So Cher, Cher's letting the chat know that she is their type. Lucy <laughs> Lawless has aged very well. Was Lucy Lawless... Did they have a did they have a uh, a movie about her? Did did uh what did Amanda play her or am I blank and bring her up with someone else? Kitty has a crush on Cher. Okay, yeah, I fucked it up. At least Lucy Lawless is is um is Xena. My bad. Oh, we're talking about Marilyn Monroe when she was redhead. Before she went blonde. Oh yeah. Oh god, she's beautiful. Redhead Marilyn Monroe is beautiful. Dude. So they had they had a real life um shit. What's what was that redhead cartoon? The one that everyone had a crush on. I don't 
don't know who you're talking about. Uh, like like Rabbit or whatever. Oh, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. So they had a uh, real life. Yeah. They had a real life Jessica Rabbit, and they turned her into the blonde bombshell. I decided Jessica Rabbit's gonna be my last cosplay that I do before I get breast reduction. That's a good one. That's a good swan song. Yeah, it was, uh, go out with the bang. Yeah, Jessica Rabbit. There we go. I'm I'm fucking up names today. Yeah, yes. dude. Redhead Marilyn Monroe is a beautiful dude. Let's 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 just let's just all enjoy. Let's take a look. Are you at sharing it. the screen? Yeah, absolutely. This is Marilyn Monroe with red hair. Look how adorable she is. We've entered the simp stream. She's so pretty. This isn't even simping. This is just like appreciation. This is just appreciation that she's so beautiful. Amanda, I was obsessed with uh, who's framing Roger Rabbit when I was a kid. Fair enough. Yeah, dude, that movie's so good. I'm definitely going to do a, a, a Jessica Rabbit. Rabbit. Yeah, outfit. Yeah. I'm going to look up how to do this. Because I could probably do this at an event. And then I'll get my boobies removed after that. I, again, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's a fantastic so long. Yeah, farewell. It's, a good, it's a good way to uh, a good send off. I bet I could. I bet I could make it this happen. I need to find a, a dress. If I still and had I, long hair, I would dye it, but I'll probably get a wig. Wigs are fun anyway. Wigs are fun. I look at how like much wearing, fun CC Suarez has with her wigs. I do. I need to get more wigs. I used to have a lot of fun with my natural hair. I would like dye it different colors every time I wanted to do a new costume, but that of course damaged it really bad. So. Now I'm going to try wigs instead. So it's 934. Okay, do not, let's not talk about when the villain killed the shoe on Who Framed Roger Rabbit because I cried. I cried. I didn't see it until I was an adult. I saw it when I was 19 and I cried. So we're not, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. Whew. Anyway, it's 934. I think it's time for us to get copyright claimed. So I'm going to sing Out of the Boxes so long. Farewell to, you know, um, I actually don't feel like it. Actually, no, we're, we're not, um, we're not monetized anyway. Claim us. Claim Claim us, Susan. (laughs) Um, But no, it's 934. I think we should wrap this up. Unless you want to keep simping. No, I'm just looking at ideas for Jessica Rabbit cosplay, but I will, I'm going to find, I'll find stuff for it um, later on. Uh, Yes, we're going to wrap up for today. Tomorrow we will be back. Um, We'll see if I get here on time or if I sleep because of the vaccine. We will find out. If you Um, don't get here on time, it's a sports stream. It's Barstool Gurus. (laughs) So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Actually, I will see you guys in an hour and a half on my main channel, right? Don't forget, guys. Don't forget, right here, right here, doing my novel's cover reveal. You don't want to, I'm going to link it again because we do not want to miss this. The cover is so good. I'm just going to, like, the, the cover is so good. Such a good cover. You won't, don't want to miss it. All right. So uh, join me there in an hour and a half. Are you frozen or are you just really happy? Oh, internet died. Okay. (laughs) That was a good frozen one of you. All right, y'all. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye, friends.